Welcome to Dad Rocks, a podcast for dads who love music, made by dads who love music. Hello and welcome to Dad Rocks, the podcast about being a dad and loving music and how the two intersect in our lives. I'm your host, Josh, and today my guest is Cody Dickinson. Cody is most well-known for being the drummer of the band North Mississippi All-Stars, which he co-founded with his brother Luther. But he's also a member of the bands The Word, Hill Country Review, as well as being a solo artist. And he's also one of the co-creators of the Take Me to the River film series. On top of that, he's the son of the late music producer Jim Dickinson, who produced a wide range of artists such as Big Star, The Replacements, um, and worked with The Stones at one point, I believe, or was involved with their uh, recording of Sticky Fingers. But most importantly, Cody is the father of two kids. Now, before we get into this interview, I want to tell you about what happened uh, the day we had this conversation. Um, So usually I record uh, during the week at night when both kids are asleep and my wife and I have some free time. Uh, This time, due to Cody's traveling schedule, he's on tour, was on tour at the time, with Dwayne Betts Band out on the West Coast in California. And so he couldn't record during the week. He only had some time on uh, a Sunday at 9 a.m. local time on the in California, so 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern for me. And so that was a crazy time for my wife and I, and I had my son down with me at the beginning. Um, and before we started the interview, um, my son David uh met Cody virtually and we we were talking a little bit about uh, our kids and I had David with me at the beginning of the interview so if you hear us mention uh, David or you know Cody at one point says hey what's David doing is he doing something you know it's like David was in the room while I was recording and eventually I had to ask him to leave (laughs) because it was just getting uh, too much Uh, but that was only part of the the craziness of this interview Um, you know at, at the time Uh, Cody was in a hotel room and his internet service was not great. Um, And so on the Zoom call, there was a lot of um, breaking up and and, and a lot of um, delay on both sides. And so we ended up talking over each other a lot. And uh, so I had to do a lot of work, you know, editing. And thankfully, Cody did a local record and we got a much better, cleaner track for about 98% of the interview at the very end when and Cody is talking about uh, the music he's listening to. And at the close, um, we end up having to go back to the zoom uh, file for his recording. And you'll hear at the very end. And I apologize about this, that the quality of audio just deteriorates. Um, it's not his fault. It's not my fault. It's just, you know, circumstance of the situation. And we uh, are dealing with it the best we can. But thankfully for most of the conversation, um, there is uh, some high quality audio and you'll hear him clearly. Um, on top of all that, Due to the time constraints and the issues with the audio and, you know, my wife at the time was, you know, we were we were we had something going on that I needed to to get to. And we were running a little longer than I anticipated. Um, We had to cut the conversation a little short um, and we didn't get into some things that I wanted to get into. Uh, We didn't really get too deep into, you know, his music career with North Mississippi All-Stars, with The Word, um, even with his band uh, Hill Country Review. 
uh, you know, along with his solo work. And we didn't really touch on at all, which I am, you know, apologetic to him about, uh, which is the Take Me to the River film series, which currently has two films, one on Memphis and one on New Orleans. And both of which I, I will say this at the end of the episode, too. I can't stress enough. You should go check out. They are fantastic. Um, so I just want to put all of that out there because he and I could have sat here and talked for about two to three hours and we still wouldn't have gotten to all of it. And we didn't even talk about drumming, which is a shame. And, uh, you know, maybe this means that we should have him back at some point. We'll see. Uh, you know, he's a very busy man. And, um, but I am just eternally grateful for him coming onto the show. Uh, you know, I had followed him on Instagram for a while and out of the blue, he had followed back on Instagram. And so I was able to, you know, reach out to him and he was all about it and he wanted to come on. So again, um, I'm so thankful that he wanted to be on this show, that we had this conversation and, um, you know, I think it's, it's a great conversation, even if it doesn't hit on his career as much as I'd like to. We did talk a lot about his family, him as a father, his father. And I think that's, you know, something that I don't do a good enough job with a lot of times with some of uh, my guests who are uh, somewhat well-known musicians. And so I'm so happy that we were able to talk about that at the beginning, um, even if we weren't able to get to his, uh, you know, fully talk about his career. So, without further ado, um, here is my conversation with Cody Dickinson. Cody, welcome to Dad Rocks. Thank you so much, Josh. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, this is an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm a big fan of North Mississippi All-Stars. The word, obviously, people can't see it, but I'm wearing the word shirt, which is you can't find this shirt anywhere anymore. Um, That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I love your drumming, and I'm a drummer. I, I've been drumming for over 30 years, so I love, you know, your, oh, right your, your playing, man. Um, Thank you. So I know right before we started... Um, that uh, we were, you said you were on tour with Dwayne Betts right now, um, and I know you just finished a North Mississippi uh, tour, so how is all of the touring going? It's been great, man. Um, yeah, I'm, so I'm on the West Coast now with Dwayne. Uh, this is day four, and uh, man, it is just so much fun playing. Uh, his new album is incredible, and uh, uh, I'm in Crystal Bay today. Nice. And I think we're headed to San Francisco tonight for a great American music hall. Awesome. And the, the, the NMA tour, how did that go? I, I, I was debating going up to Tarrytown because I live in Jersey and I was thinking about going up to tar the Tarrytown gig, but with two kids, it's hard to, to sometimes get out. Um, but how did that tour go? Let me see here. It was, um, I'm gonna, let me look at the date so I can remember. It was the East Coast run. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was awesome, man. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> that's so funny, man. It's like, work becomes such a focus where it's just like the present, you know, and it's like where yeah. I've been and where I'm going is like nebulous, you know, but, um, it was, it was beautiful. You know, we, every fall we try to do, uh, um, an, an East coast run and, um, it was nice to, to get up to New York and, and, and in New Jersey, you know? Yeah. And, you know, Currently, you know, I'm just curious with the with North Mississippi All Stars because you guys some. I mean, I'll, I'll get to this later with with Chris Chu yeah. not being in the band anymore. What what's the lineup right. right now for that band? So we um 
God, it's it's been really really fun. We're we're a core trio, you know. We're back to the trio, and um, we've been playing with uh, Ray Holloman uh, from the Word. He plays. He's Robert Randolph's cousin, I guess. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just an incredible bass player and a slide player in his own right. He's really busy though. He plays with Neo. He's oh, nice. uh, uh, touring bass player for Neo. Uh, no, guitar. He plays guitar in Neo. And um, I mean, he also plays with Eminem and like all kinds of people. So he's super busy, uh, an amazingly talented guy. But when, and we've also been touring with Joey Williams from the Blind Boys of Alabama. Oh, wow. And that's super fun. Joey's so talented. He um, He's the guitarist and singer, and um, I'm pretty sure the MD of Blind Boys, you know. Um, but when he plays with us, he's mostly on bass. And uh, but he switches. We switch up. So he gets on guitar. Sometimes uh, he'll get on drums. I get on guitar. We do the switcheroo. We call it. Nice. Um, what are you guys do you, doing? What's going on? Oh, I'm, my 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 son's just being. He's in, being a nudge right now. Um, speaking of which, do you? Is David playing? He's just playing around right now. Um, but do you take your kids on tour ever? Oh man, thank you for asking. It's like. Uh, <sighs> Yes. Yeah. We, um, it's, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to, to be able to travel with them and they're really good on the road. So my daughter, her name is Mavis and she's three and my son, his name is Ozzy and he's one. And my lovely, beautiful wife is Michelle. So as I use these names, but Mavis is my daughter and, uh, she's been on the road, uh, her whole life. And we even got to go to Spain. We took them to Spain, oh, wow. and they were so good on the flights and, you know, the big international airports. Now, on the flight back from Spain, uh, Michelle and I didn't realize that it was 10 hours. We didn't think about the, <laughs> like, the, the jet stream. Yeah, the time like, difference and stuff like that. On your that, way yeah. back from Europe, it's quite a bit longer. And so that was tough. I mean, that was tough on me. It was hard on all of us. But, but yeah, they're amazing travelers. And I do get to take them on the road, but not as much as I would like to, Josh. I miss them yeah. so much, and I love them uh, just so much. You know how it is. And, like, um, yeah. being apart from them is hard on – I think it's harder on me, honestly. You know, it's like they, they seem okay, you know. Like, they, <laughs> yeah. I'll call them, and they'll be like, hey, where are you know. But then every once in a while, after I've been gone, say, after about six days or a week or so, you know, my daughter will be like, like, where are you? Like, what? what and even my right. son, he's one, he'll look at the phone and he'll be like, that dad, you know, it's like, so when, when I start to feel, feel them missing me, it compounds even more. It gets very emotional, man. It's hard. Yeah, I, I bet. And, um, you know, especially going from having a career of, you know, almost 30 years of touring without kids yeah. to now having kids, I'm sure that's been a, a bit of a change. Yes, very much so, man. Yeah. Are your kids in, interested in music? I mean, they're very young right now, obviously. And are they, do they gravitate to the music? Do they respond to it? Very much so. Yes. It's, it's incredible, man. Like, um, uh, David reminds me of my son, Ozzy, like when I'm working, especially like if I'm focusing on something, you know, that's when they really want to get in there. Like, no, let me do it. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, dad, I can do this better than you, man. You know <laughs> what I mean? Whether it be grabbing the computer or but I mean, look, to say that they're interested in music would be an understatement. Like, I mean, when I'm playing drums, my son crawls and he's like, no, drums, drums, drums. And he wants to get on my lap and like <laughs> grab the drumsticks. <laughs> on my Facebook profile, you can see a picture of him sitting on my lap, yeah. right? Like that's yeah, his that, yeah. happy place, you know what I mean? And, uh, and he smiles so big. But recently, just the other day, I got him on my lap and he was still like upset. 
And I was like, what's going on? Like, what? Like, like this is it. He wanted me off the throne. He wanted, he, he wanted me to get, he wanted to sit on the hmm. kit and, and like play uh, piano. That's awesome. So what we've been doing, man, we, we jam. Like my one-year-old <laughs> son gets on the drums and I get on the piano. And like every time, I'm, I'm sorry to ramble. There's a lot to say about That's this, good. man. Like when he picks up the sticks, he holds them correctly. Like it's That's like, awesome. I don't think... I mean, yeah, he's definitely copying me or what. I mean, he's seen me do it, but it's there's something there that's just like embedded, like it's it's automatic, right? But he picks them up and he and and he does like he does flams, right? And then he'll do he does like this three over four thing, blah dot dot blah 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 blah. Where both of my kids actually feel three over four naturally, which is incredible, you know. But but anyway, to go back, so we jam. So I'll get on the piano. And he'll like do his flams, like he's keeping time, like blah, blue, blue, and I'll go boom, 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 boom. So like whenever he plays, I play, right? Yeah. So he he started to realize that's what I was doing, and we were jamming. That's awesome. It's like so I'll I'll hit like big piano chords. So it's like it's almost like he's triggering me, uh, you know. But ultimately, I mean, we're playing music, so like we have like musical conversations and. It's so fun. My daughter, she um, she can get on the drums like like nobody's business, man. But she's I wouldn't I don't know. She's just interested in other things right now, you know. So she'll play for a second and then run off to do something else. Mm -hmm. She Mavis has been singing and dancing like she knows all the words to Barbie Girl. Like I mean, Barbie World. Sorry, uh, the the <laughs> the the new hit song. Yeah. But like she can do the rap and like uh, she knows the choreography and stuff. Like, man, to be honest, it's getting kind of mind-blowing where I'm starting to think I might need to find them uh, some sort of proper training or, or I don't know, you know, just let them figure it out themselves or I don't know. Because, so like, David, he's five, and uh -huh. he initially when he was really young, I thought he had, like, like he would, I'd put him on the drums and he would, like, keep kind of time. Right. But then it's interesting because he, as he's gotten older, it's it's seemingly that he does not have that innate rhythm or the innate feel. But he, for a while, he was like interest, like playing with instruments, and then for like a year, he wasn't. Now he's like into listening to songs, making up his own songs, um, really gravitating to some some certain, you know, tunes other than than others. But the thing is, he doesn't like taking direction, especially from me. Yeah, like I'll try to show him something, and he does not want any part of that. Exactly. Um, and then my, well they know they know yeah you know. <laughs> and then my our younger son who's one years old um yesterday Aww. i had him down in the basement i was just playing like while he was playing like i was playing drums and he immediately crawled over like you know how you said your son does but then he didn't want to take the sticks he just wanted to sit in my lap while i was playing um That's it. so it'll be interesting to see how he develops and what his interests are um you know because i i the only thing other than playing drums is sometimes i'll break out a guitar and i don't really play that much i can strum some chords but like i'll play some music that they know and they listen to like some casper baby pants um music or my son's lately been uh, david's really been into this song shine on me by uh, dan auerbach from the black keys um that's just like a very cool wow it's a very like it's very reminiscent of do you know the song or no I'm not sure. I was going to ask what he listens to. I find that fascinating, like what he gravitates towards. Yeah, and it, you know. he, it's very interesting because he'll like, for a while, I showed him the Yellow Submarine movie, and he was very much into that movie mm -hmm. and just those songs from the Beatles and nothing else. Like he wanted to listen to Hey Bulldog like 10 times in a row uh, kind of deal. What is it about the Beatles? So my niece is the same way, and, and my daughter and I have been singing Blackbird. You know, you know I'm sorry, go ahead. So, I, so he, I think... 
No, go ahead. It, so no, because I think we're getting a delay. That's I think that's why we're we're talking over each other a little bit. I think the I think what it comes down to is just that, you know, they are like the they they unlock the key of of some sort of musical like thing. Because I remember when I was three, I gravitated to their music too. The I think the melodies are just right. You know, it's the melody. It's the it, nothing is super aggressive it's kind of like even though some of the content yeah. obviously as you get older you understand it a little bit more but it's all like poppy it's all easy to kind of you know digest other than some of the stuff on the white album um, but uh yeah i don't know it, i think it's 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 kind of like a kid's universal language uh type deal that it, they're just they're just good good music are you planning to give them lessons or are you going to kind of let them decide what they they want to do are you going to try them out on like piano um because obviously you you probably know a plethora of people who can teach them uh a bunch of stuff um so what is your plan moving forward <sighs> man that is a good question you know i think my instinct is to just let them naturally develop you know and and uh definitely obviously not force it on them but keep music around, you know, have the instruments around. They also love the technology of like, of like when I'm producing and recording, um, uh, they're, they're very interested in the computer and, um, <laughs> like we record songs. It's, it's remarkable, man. So they have like a, they have a small toy piano that has a microphone with an eighth inch input and it, there's, but there's also like, a uh, like an iPad input or something or, or iPod, like, a um, a second input there so they'll unplug the microphone and put it put it in the it's like a, a mpc player right and it won't work but then they plug it in the right one they're like oh it works and they switch it on and off and and they get the microphone and they sing and they're playing piano so man i'm just gonna what i've been doing is uh writing songs with them and uh just sort of incorporating what i do into into their kind of day-to-day -day, you know playing and um and so far it's working you know but it's i th i think they might reach a point where they're gonna you know uh where they could use some lessons or, or and i shouldn't say that where they're gonna they could benefit from some outside you know coaching right um but i gotta say that music is such a beautiful path it's such a good journey in life like you know drumming man it's like you know how hard it is and you get those gains uh it's kind of like the gym or something you know you put in uh you know 30 minutes an hour practice every day you start to see real results you know and and that kind of um long-term um uh, uh gratification can be very beneficial for i think young people who are looking for a way to something to sink their teeth into and you know um i know it gave me focus like when when i was young and my friends were crazy and like doing really stupid stuff like you know i was i was pretty focused you know and rocking in a in a against the cliche in kind of a funny way rock and roll kept me on the straight and narrow you know um so i i hope mm -hmm. i hope music can be that for them you know like the uh, a good a good anchor you know what's interesting is you, you mentioned that you were writing music with uh, your kids and I know your brother just yes. I think he's in the process of releasing a kids album right yeah yeah hurt have your kids heard his those tunes and what do they think of uh, their uncle's music oh man uh, that's a sweet question uh, you know they have I don't think they've heard Luther's family record yet 
Um, but they loved their uncle Luther and uh, and their and his family and um, his daughters sing. And we uh, we co-host a I don't know if that's the right word. We have a camp. It's called Roots Rock Revival that we started with Butch Trucks oh, back yeah, I've in seen... the day, which was that's a whole different yeah. story. Crazy experience for me, you know, like Butch was one of my heroes, and you know, getting to. Mm-hmm teach with him and learn from him firsthand for years was remarkable, man. And that camp is now in its 10th year and it's just grown into something that's, that's uh, beyond, I think, any of our wildest dreams. But it, uh, but Roots Rock Revival is, um, it's, it's an amazing place for young kids to, uh, people of all ages, actually, to get together and um, jam and study and uh, really just take some deep dives in, in what they're passionate about with music. And uh, that's where our kids get to, Luther, sorry, Luther's kids and my kids get to get together and hang out and spend time. That week is a very special week for us. And so, yeah, they get to see it there. Do you, you and your brother live close to each other? Luther lives in Nashville, and I split my time between um, uh, Mississippi, North Mississippi area. I have a house and a studio in South Haven, Mississippi, where I work and live. Uh, with my family, but also we have an apartment. This is this is a luxury. This is so nice. But my uh, my in-laws, uh, Michelle's parents, run. Um, they they have apartments uh, in Malvern, Arkansas, which is outside of Little Rock. So especially when I'm traveling, uh, she stays there a lot because her folks are there to help her with the right. kids. And you know, obviously, I'm gone, and so we have that awesome support system. And man, it's nice to just be able to switch it up a little bit too. The kids enjoy it. They call our house in South Haven, uh, uh, our, our, my cat, uh, they call it my cat Nyao. And they say, that's Nyao's house. We're going to Nyao's house, you know? <laughs> nice. So, um, um, but I also work there. That's where my studio is. Yeah. And, and just in general, you know, to, to kind of wrap up the, this, the parenting portion of this, what's been the most challenging and also some of the most rewarding parts of being a father? I mean, it's only been a few years for you, but so far, what's been some of the most challenging and rewarding parts of that? It is incredibly rewarding. It is absolutely, oh man, it just fills my heart with happiness and gives me focus and direction and life and, you know, my purpose. And, you know, they're just my everything, man. And um, I, I don't know what, I, 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 I can't imagine. I, I just, I don't know. It took me, it took me like, some time to, I guess, be prepared for mm-hmm. it. Um, but, uh, but you know, the, the Lord provides and um, the time was right and I met the right woman and things just fell into place. And my, my wife is absolutely incredible. And um, man, I just, you know, um, I learned from them and it's, it's, it's basically all the cliches that I've heard my whole life are true, mm-hmm. you know, Times a thousand, though. There's so much more that I just, I, I don't know, that I was unaware of. Like, the, um, uh, it's, it's the, uh, it's really, it's really just about the moment and being together with them and, and enjoying the small things and day-to-day life and seeing things through their eyes and, and, and the fresh perspectives. And, um, and again, I learned from them and, uh, it's like our, our relationships are different and like complicated and like the whole dynamic of the family household is amazing. You know, um, I didn't realize how lonely I was 
until I had a family, you know, like, uh, I mean, being on tour and being a musician is a weird kind of instant gratification way to live your life. It's like you walk on stage and you have this constant affirmation like, oh, you know, a uh, great drum solo or whatever, you know, and that's great and, and amazing. Uh, but man, you walk off stage, you walk in your hotel room and it looks like this. You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a little dark. Uh, it, it can be incredibly... Um, it's, you know, being a touring musician can be a very lonesome lifestyle. So um, finding, you know, like, I guess domestic bliss, you know, was something who's totally unexpected for me. And but I shouldn't say that because it was intentional. Like, I mean, I, I planned it, you know, but it was it was not forced, you know, and um, and I'm just so thankful for them. And, and they're they're so patient with me, too, because I have to leave and work and Michelle, my wife, she works, you know, she schedules her whole life around that sometimes, you know, and like, uh, just, just that empathy is incredible, you know, and like her strength to be able to keep it going while I'm gone is, is remarkable, you know, um, and to, so like the benefits, uh, so greatly outweigh, I mean, there really are no, there's nothing, the the only sad thing about it is having to leave and being away from them, you know, um, which is challenging. Like that is, that is very difficult. And it's, it's more of an emotional thing. It's just like, uh, like I need them and they need me. And, um, and we just can't be together. It's basically like this. It's like, if I had my way, I would be with my family all the time. You know what I mean? Like, but the world sort of in circumstances may it be a career or obligations or whatever, sort of separate us and that's a bit unfair you know and and sad it makes me sad you know but so that's the only drawback though if it's even a drawback because all that is is me just wanting me just missing them yeah. you know what i mean yeah no and, and I, I my brother he um you know he's he's in the edm world he 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 travels uh, on oh, the weekends cool. and like goes different places uh -huh. um and so his wife you know is left with their one-year-old my, my nephew a lot and it's i know it's, it's very stressful on yeah. her and they live near my mom so she comes around and helps out um that's good but that's you good. know it's you know it's i i don't know if i could do what he does and he only is away sometimes for like a weekend and then sometimes he'll travel out to another country for like a week but um, I mean, I give you you guys props. I know it's it, this is your job, and you've been doing this for decades. So you're, this is like you know it's your, your motor yeah. work. But at the same time, it's got to be stressful to just be away from your family for for so long. Sometimes I think about quitting. I really do. I mean, I have to be honest, man. It's like I have the. I, I mean, my career is such a blessing and such a gift. I'm so thankful to be able to do what I do because I do truly love yeah. it. Absolutely, you know. But. Um, but yeah, I think about uh, quitting all the time. <laughs> like I might quit right now, in fact. No, you know, uh, this tour in particular, um, so this is like a 10 day run with Dwayne, which is pretty normal, but that's about as long as I like, that. that's about my limit. The thing about this run though, is I go home for, uh, for the week of Thanksgiving, then the day after Thanksgiving, I turn right back around and leave with the Almond Betts Family Revival Tour, um, which is, uh, incredible and we can talk about that uh it's such i'm so honored to get to play that music with those guys and they are my family too i love Dwayne and devin and oh, barry oakley all them guys man like uh 
they have become my brothers and my family, which is so crazy because I just respect them and their families and their legacy so much. And, um, but that Almond Betts Family Revival Tour is three weeks. So that will be by far the longest tour um, that I've been on since having a family. So I, I don't know if I'm going to go crazy. We'll see. You know, every day off, <clears throat> excuse me, every day off on that run, I just go straight to the airport, fly home for 10, 12 hours and turn right back around and go back, you know? So that's basically my mentality is like when I'm not working, I just go straight home. I call it the first thing smoking. <laughs> nice. And then, I mean, which is actually, go ahead. what? No, go ahead. I was going to ask if you, well, that's a beautiful, no, yeah, <laughs> delay is crushes. What were you going to ask? No, please. So I, was gonna, please. I was just going to ask if your brother's uh, on that tour too, if he's going to be on the, 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 the almond bets. And if he is going to be doing the same similar thing to going back to his family, like on those off days. And if, and, and if in general, because I think his kids are a little older, if he's he given you any advice yeah. on how to deal with this kind of, uh, you know, change in lifestyle. Well, I can tell you that, you know, that his kids are older and that um, they um, I don't want to talk about his business too much, especially his personal life. But um, I did just talk to him about we had an offer for New Year's Eve and it was a lot of money, you know, and I was like, are you interested in this? And he was like, I can't do it. He's like, my my daughters are going to crush me for being gone for that. They're already so honestly, they're so pissed at him for being gone for three weeks leading up to Christmas. But I I I. I, I don't know what it's going to be. My kids, like you said, they're younger, so they're not so emotionally attack, attached to the holidays. My daughter's just like, Santa's going to bring me a bicycle. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to have training wheels and a basket. And, you know, I'm basically just, you know, writing the list of toys I'll get her, you know. So, but yeah, Luther's incredibly helpful with, with, uh, with, with good advice. And he's also not over the top with like, you know, um, telling me what to do and stuff. You know, he lets me make my own mistakes. But like, um, I do want to tell you, man, that, uh, so I've written, I've written a whole album about what we're talking about, which is, um, it's, 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 it's the album is called homemade and I'm releasing it next year in June. And, uh, and I'm so thrilled to announce you're getting an exclusive here, man. <laughs> I got signed to Petaluma, okay. uh, which I've, uh, it's an incredible record company and I love them so much. I'm really enjoying working with them and they believe in this record. And, um, it's all about what we're talking about, which is being, a uh, uh, having a family and being a musician and the, the flagship, the cornerstone song is called goodbye Albuquerque Tuesday night. And what that song is about is not doing bad shows and not like, I'm not going to like nothing against Albuquerque. I love the beautiful city, but it's just, it's just the idea that, um, the, the hook is I'm going home on the first thing smoking, which is the way, which is the way I describe my travel routine. You know, when I'm on tour, it's like, as soon as I can get home, I, I leave, you know? So I catch the first flight and, uh, and this song, it's like, so Goodbye Albuquerque Tuesday Night, it became sort of an anthem for me where I realized, I just realized that I was on the path to making a full-length album and where it was going to take me. And it's just all about, um, uh, it's, you know, it's about growing up, you know, and, and priorities changing and shifting and figuring out what's important and what matters to me you know, and, 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 and it's my family, you know, so, um, so 
Exciting news, man. The album is going to come out in June. It's called Homemade on Petaluma Records. And I, my first single is going um, is, is to release this month, November 28th. Uh, it's called All Night Long. And we got a music video. It's going to drop at the same time as the single. So please, everybody, go check it out and enjoy. I'm, you know? I'm excited. This, 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 uh, I'm going to be honest. This episode probably won't be released until that time just because i do all the editing and stuff and i got other stuff going on but it's that's it's, good but no let it but then it'll still be out at that yeah. point so when you're hearing this you know <laughs> please jump over to youtube spin the video you know uh definitely uh i i guess spotify matters go to spotify listen to the <laughs> tune you know what i'm saying it's the it's the junior kimbrough classic it's the song i've been singing for years all night long nice but uh but i've just sort of recently found my voice for lack of a better mm -hmm. term it's like I've, I've been working on my singing and I was able to sort of uh, just figure out how to be more open with my vocal delivery, you know, mm -hmm. and all night long. It's, it's a different side of, of me as an artist, you know, that no one's seen before. So I'm just really excited to get that out there. Awesome. She said I do, baby. <laughs> You are one of two sons of the late producer Jim Dickinson, who was incredibly influential yes. in the Memphis uh, world. So mm -hmm. what was it like to have him as a father? Like what kind of influences did he have on your music tastes? And, you know, you know, okay. that that kind of I mean, I can't even imagine having such a, you know, someone like that with such a brain right. and, and a mindset and just being open to so oh, much you, stuff. Man. Basically, like what, what kind of influence did he have on you? Man, those are great questions. Um, he was an incredible, it was amazing having Jim as a father. He was so, uh, he, man, like you said, he was incredibly intelligent and like uh, a wonderful storyteller and such a talented, uh, just piano player, singer, you know, producer. Um, it was, uh, and what, what kind of influence did he have on me, man? It was like, I mean, he was, it was the thing where it was like, I mean, his taste was like incredible, you know, and like as a kid, like growing up around that, I was a little, it took me a long time to figure out what it, he did exactly. And like, and, and the level, the depth of his, of, of his knowledge and, and, and his, uh, his impact on the music world and stuff. Like he was, he was an underground guy, you know, it was like, um, but he was at the same time he was so influential in a lot of ways you know and um uh man he was uh he was a very loving father he was um he he took his family he, he was he was a family man you know when uh i know that when when luther was born he just stopped working for about a year and a half um and uh just focused on his family he didn't tour as much he was it was great because he was more of a studio more of a, a studio cat you know he was a um uh when i was young he was doing a lot of rhythm sexual work and then in the 80s he uh um, when i was like um in my early teens or whatever or even younger than that he was doing a lot of soundtracks in uh in in los angeles uh working with uh, like Ry Cooter and Jim Keltner and like just some incredible musicians. So they toured a little bit, but he was mostly doing like, man, he did an incredible, 
list of soundtrack work. And um, then after that, he kind of transitioned uh, his production career, uh, had a massive resurgence. And he started producing, man, all kinds of bands to the point where he was working with with artists that, that as a kid that I was a fan of, you know, like Spiritualized or, or Spin Doctors, you know, like stuff like that. And um, uh, so getting to like, just through osmosis being exposed to that incredible music especially like jim keltner and like that just zen drumming you know like i mean he's just still a master right and like that's the kind of stuff i was hearing when i was a kid so i didn't i didn't even at the time well i I don't know i knew how great it was like i mean i would be blown away. he would come home with cassettes of what he was working on or maybe it was a live recording of a tour and i would just like be floored and of course it was so over my head musically but at the same time I was being exposed to it so it was man what an incredible learning experience you know one more thing about Jim is that it's like I could say that he had everything to do with my career and I could also say he had nothing to do with my career because it's like he very much let us make our own mistakes and he let us do our thing and um you know his thing was like rock and roll is not a music that is taught you know uh so but at that being said he he created a home for us where i could learn uh and study and sort of uh follow my own dreams and and he was so supportive in that way you know so um but like that being said like shake hands with shorty the first all-star record we produced that like that was um that was self-produced and that's one of the biggest gifts he could have given us because it was like if i think if he'd have gone in with a heavy hand and been like oh no it's going to be like this it wouldn't have had the magic that it had and we wouldn't have done what we did you know so he was very wise in that way yeah Uh, to be honest like i didn't know i i heard the name um but it wasn't until i got really into big star um in the mid 2000s and then saw his uh his portion of that documentary that like and his work on on third that kind of like opened my eyes to like what kind of producer he was to to have that mentality of into working with Alex Chilton and to produce that album and to be so loose and kind of open to all of these different ideas it, it was it's kind of like amazing you know he kind of uh, you know let he, let the the artist do his his work and kind of just guide him yes. and kind of keep him within the boundaries in in some in some aspects man Josh, thank you, man. That is an incredibly uh, just thoughtful point. And, um, and man, I appreciate that. And agreed. Like, those guys, like, I mean, he was just, they were so far ahead of their time. Like, I mean, especially Big Star Third. And you said it, man. He, he, gave, he gave the artist the, the liberty and the freedom to be themselves. And he was very much the champion of the artist. He saw it. Uh, you know, it was a different time. He grew up, I mean, I, I grew up watching him in an industry that's kind of gone away, frankly. It's like the music business is now so different than it was then. Um, just in terms of like, like you know, rhythm sections and like the, the, the process of recording an album was totally different, you know. But like, you know, Big Star Third, uh, oh, hey, here's my wife and I'm going to take it, man, okay? Okay, do it. Do it. Josh, I'm going to take it. Hey, hopefully she'll be able to hear us. Hang on. <laughs> Babe? Hey, I'm live. I'm live. I'm doing... Uh, no, no, hey. Oh, you can't hear... Oh, she was like, oh, I'm sorry, bye. She hung up anyway. Uh, I was hoping 
Dang it's it, okay. I was hoping that would work. I was like, this is going to be perfect, man. <laughs> um, no worries. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she, my wife is, uh, she's there um, on a little road trip uh, there in Huntsville, Alabama, where she has a lot of friends and um, she has the kids there. And uh, so they're visiting with her, her friends' kids. And, you know, I know they're having a great time, nice. but I'm also worried about it. I want to make sure they're okay and everything. Everything's fine, otherwise, she would have said. <laughs> Um, yeah. But that that right there is what it's like being a father and, and a husband on tour. And it's like your priorities are different, man. It's like, you know, it's like Big Star Third is a great album. My dad was a legend. Alex Chilton is incredible. This interview is important. But my wife is calling, man. I got to go. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's wild. Yeah. But anyway, uh, anyway, um, anyway, uh yeah, so that I, I would say Big Star Third was the first. Uh, I would say they they it was, it was deconstruction. It was it was like musical. Uh, God, what's the word? It was like. Um, uh, yeah, decomposition. I think that's decomposition. You read my mind, dude. Thank you. <laughs> I was having a, a moment. Decomposition. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I, they, they might have been the first to do that, especially in such a beautiful, grandiose uh, fashion. My goodness. What a beautiful yeah. record. Yeah. Decomposition. It, it That's is, it. It is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know you were born in Memphis, but you obviously mm -hmm. you guys moved to North Mississippi. Right. What was the impetus for that move? And like, how did that change you, I mean, what age were you when you made that move? Because to go from a, a city with such a vibrant music community to then going to right. an area with a totally different vibrant music community. Totally. You know, how does, like, so when did that happen? Why did that happen? And what kind of effect did it have on you? Man, these are excellent questions. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Matt. So, uh, it, and it perfectly, it, it perfectly connects with what we're talking about. Um, so I was saying like, uh, I, like I was being exposed to this incredible artistry with, with my father, Jim Dickinson, right? Well, at the same, and, and frankly, unaware of how brilliant and how, how truly, what, what, what a massive gift it was, you know what I mean? Like how unusual it was to be exposed to that. Um, so I took it for granted a little bit, you could say, you know what I mean? Um, or, but in, in a healthy way, you know, it was like, I didn't take it too seriously, but, uh, but anyway, I, the same thing happened to me in North Mississippi. Like when, when we wound up in North Mississippi, I mean, R.L. Burnside's family, it, it was right, literally the next town over. Um, and Junior Kimbrough's juke joint nightclub where we would hang out on Sunday nights. Uh, that was, man, that was, it was in between Independence and Holly Springs, Mississippi, which is where our, our parents place was. And, and we still have a little studio down there called Zebra Ranch. But um, we would, I mean, man, I was just hanging on Sunday. There was nothing else to do, man. So we would go down there and I would walk in and it would be Junior Kimbrough with his son, David Kimbrough and Kent Kim on guitar and bass and Kent Kimbrough on drums and RL's hanging out. Like he's not even playing, he's hanging out. And then Gary Burnside, RL's youngest son is playing bass and we're the same age. And uh, so Gary Burnside is playing bass with Junior Kimbrough. So he not only is Arl Burnside's youngest son, but he's also Junior's bass player. And the guy is like a walking encyclopedia of Hill Country Blues, like to this day. This is Cedric Burnside's uncle, right? Um, and of course, Cedric is drumming with R. And then RL would get on stage with Kenny Brown, like, and then they would go open for 
you know, John Spencer and the Beastie Boys for 10,000 people at Lollapalooza or whatever, just crushing the game. Like, I mean, it was, it was remarkable, man, just to see. So like, we were, I was just exposed to this incredible music and, uh, you know, I got to be around Junior. Um, I talked to him a few times. RL and I became friends, but really it was his sons that uh, I became fast friends with. You know, Dwayne Burnside went on to join the All-Stars and and, and we, we ran together. We ran for 10 years, man. You know what I mean? And uh, that was just such a remarkable experience. But to answer your question, man, what sparked the move is a really good question. I'm not exactly sure I could... Um, what was going on with us at the time was, um, let's see, uh, I, I remember I was, I was about 10 years old. I was in fifth grade, which was sort of the perfect age musically because I had just gotten my full-size drum kit. I was just starting to really play for real on the drums. And we moved to Mississippi and, uh, and man, God bless them. I was, uh, the, the DeSoto County public school system put me in marching band, you know, taught me my rudiments, man, taught me how to read music. Uh, we had a little concert band. We would do a spring, like a spring concert, you know, uh, uh, oh no, sorry, fall concert. And, um, uh, uh, and I was also in, in the, I was the drum captain in marching band. So sixth, seventh and eighth grade, I was learning all my rudiments and um and at, at that age where I was just starting to really get serious about the kit um so so that was great timing and plus that's where we met Chris Chu um we I went to school with Chris uh, it wasn't till later uh that we formed got in a band together which is totally weird when you think about it Chris was a star athlete uh uh at school like uh, his his class I don't think they ever lost a game they were just one of those win 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 grades you know uh classes or whatever he has the frame for for to be well you know, I, I guess in his, you know his, his younger days he's what like six six and they like, were smashing know. fools uh, i pity <laughs> i pity him man they were smashing fools but yeah so but chris and i did actually jam together we played uh this is a weird memory man i was i was producing hip-hop at the time i guess i was man at this point i was maybe a freshman in high school uh but i was producing a lot of hip-hop and hanging out, and we played. Uh, somebody asked us to play the homecoming dance, right? So this is me and Luther, some of my rap friends, and Chris Chu played the game, and then came up and sang "Dark End of the uh, Dark End of the Street" with us, the Dan Penn, like you know, uh, uh, classic. And um, and man, if you'd have asked me then, if like 10 years later, I'd be traveling the world with Chris, I would have never in a million years known that, you know? But we did play, to mu play music together at the young age. And, um, but anyway, man, the, the, what, I remember my parents asking us where we wanted to move. And, um, and Mississippi, they, they chose Mississippi because, uh, because of the school system. There was a really, DeSoto County had a, had a real, I know, it's not known for that, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. like, but uh, but it had a, it had a good school system for us, and um, uh, we moved around a few times until we wound up in the house where uh, my grandmother uh, moved in with us. Basically, what happened was my father's father passed away. They lived in Memphis, and they sold their house in Memphis, and my grandmother moved in with me. So my grandmother, Martha Huddleston was her name, she, uh, Dickinson, and she um, was a, a Baptist uh, piano player. 
she played piano in church for like 20 years, right? And she just had that classic Southern Baptist style with the heavy left hand, like, and you can see kind of, you could see where my dad's influences came from, but they were very different. She was, she read music and was trained and, um, and, and he didn't, you know, uh, yeah. but, um, but my grandmother, uh, I called her Anne, but Martha, she lived, uh, we, we had a, a, a hallway that we shared and, um, like, uh, it was a nice house. We had like, it was about like a two and a half story house, um, here in Mississippi, there in Mississippi where we lived together and kind of like our little end, our wing of the house, uh, she was across the hall. So I got to know her quite well, but the funny thing about it was, is that under her room was our practice room or whatever uh, that mm-hmm. my dad, bless his soul, man, uh, he spent, I think he spent all the money he got from a replacements royalty check soundproofing <laughs> this this room with like these burlap sacks. It was like the dustiest, <laughs> nastiest, asbestos crap. But but he, it was soundproof enough where we could jam and the cops wouldn't come and whatever. And But my grandmother's room was right over there. So we're like, teenagers going crazy doing stupid stuff you know playing crazy rock and roll and we come upstairs and she'd be like y'all just don't sound so good today like i don't know what's wrong but (laughs) something's missing you know yeah so that was it that was kind of the dynamic you know nice did you and your brother always play music together Um, yeah and you know did you because i know you know he's I was gonna ask this, let's say, mention this later, but bringing him now. Your brother has mentioned I forget where. Maybe it was at a gig that I was right. at that you were. You're like the better guitar player. <laughs> um, of oh, the absolutely. Two. I don't know that's the, true. <laughs> 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 um, but like, how did you choose? Like, have you always played music together? Was it? And and who? who ch- how did you choose the instruments that you played? Because you're you play a bunch of instruments. Yeah. And your brother focuses mainly on the guitar, but like. Was it just that his focus was so much on the guitar and you had to right. find something else to play? Yes, exactly. And, and obviously, I, I kid, I kid. You know, Luther is one of the best guitar players of all time. He is remarkable. Luther, like, man, he just doesn't make mistakes. Like, I've played music with this guy for, you know, I mean, a quarter of a century now. And it's weird, man. Like, it's like, I mean, it's like he, he does what he does, and he is an absolute genius at that. He's brilliant at his thing. Uh, but, man, he is just, I wouldn't say, like, flawless, but, man, I've, I've seen him make very few mistakes on the guitar. Maybe, like, forget some lyrics or, like, if, it, if anything, it's like a song thing. It's not like this. Like, he, he plays the way he talks and thinks. I mean, he, it just flows out of that dude. But, but, like, just in terms of, like, the, but, no, that was the dynamic. Yeah, it was like he was on guitar. And um, it's funny he says that, that I'm a better guitar player. That, that's so nice. I, I don't I think, know when he's – I just remember I, him no, saying does. that at some point. He jokingly oh. says that. And I think yeah. what he means is that, you know, my dad would always kind of give him grief about, like, your brother's got the natural talent. You got to work for it, you know. <laughs> and they, and I, 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 I use that voice, but that's the way my dad talked. He was like, you're dragging, you know. You know, on the drums, he'd, yeah, he'd yell at me. He had an old Sun uh, amplifier with this mic. He'd be like, you're dragging! You know, like, man, he was so intense, dude. Like, I mean, his way of communicating was heavy, bro. But, like, um, uh, but Luther, yeah, he was like, uh, what, what it was, man, is that we both kind of started on guitars as kids, you know, really little, right? And then um, around the age of, like, like when I when I got on the kit when I was saying I was about ten, you know, um, I kind of 
I, 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 I moved to the drums. I would say my main instrument is piano. Like if I sit down to write or if I have to learn a song, I'll, I'll gravitate towards piano. Um, but I, I pretty much equally play guitar, piano, bass, and drums and vocals, you know, um, kind of your, your core rock and roll instruments, you know. Um, I yeah. <laughs> want to learn a wind instrument. I don't play a wind instrument. I would love to, but it's just, to me, it's a whole, no, it's a different language. Like I just, I, I never went there. I didn't have time, but, uh, and it's, it's nice. I'm sort of digressing, but as a multi-instrumentalist, it's nice to switch it up. Uh, I find like now I'm kind of in a guitar phase. I have, I have this little, I, on the road, I buy these little guitars, um, like just the affordable little things. And I just sit here and, and, and like run finger exercises in the downtime. Cause like I spend five hours in a van. So like today I'll just sit there and study pentatonic shapes, you know? And of course I'm riding with Dwayne Betts and Johnny Saxon. They're like, dude, we lay off the noodling. You know what I'm saying? Drive those guys crazy. God, I, I'm truly digressing, but man, I am absolutely so just blessed to play with these fantastic musicians, man. I mean, you know, you think about it and then like your shirt, like the word, like, I mean, jamming with Robert Randolph and John Medeski, it's insane, dude. I mean, those guys are like, they are absolute geniuses or I don't know if that's a word, you know, they're just, they're, they're just brilliant at what they do you know and like to get it's kind of like if you're a if you're a baller like getting on the court you know and like i'm gonna go play with lebron james or whatever you know it's 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 that kind <laughs> yeah. of it's that kind of, of of gift man you know but anyway what happened with me and luther was we was we i was about 10 and he was 14 or whatever so he was progressing on the guitar way faster than i was he just left me in the dust you know like it, and that sort of age difference it's just like he he had guitar player magazine and he was like his theory is off the charts too man that dude like he knows he knows what he's playing and he knows the language and everything and he's always been that way and um at that time i just kind of jumped to the drums by default you know what i mean it was just like it was a chance for us to jam it was a way that we could play together you know um so uh kind of just yeah yeah i just jumped on the drums uh i i, I can remember the first I think it was uh, Honky Tonk Women, man. It was like one of the first songs we played when I got my kit and I was 11 and he was 14. Gotcha. You know. So wh what were you listening to? Because I, I feel like, because you're, you're what, like 45 right now? Yes, yeah. No, yeah, so older than that, man. 47. Oh. I can't remember, oh, sorry. man. I'm old, bro. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 40. So, you know, you're, you're, you're a bit older than me, but like yeah. probably we listen, you know, what were you listening to growing up that was influencing you uh, at the time because you know that was the height of grunge and alternative rock but i don't know what was being played i mean obviously you said you were you were listening to hip-hop which is a, that's a great era the early 90s hip-hop stuff so what were you you know what was influencing you and and uh, what were you listening to as a teen well you know that that kind of goes again really good question that goes back to like what i was talking about with my dad because he was uh, jim dickinson was such a uh he was like an underground king, man, you know? So I was exposed to like the cramps and like, you know what I mean? Like, like incredible, uh, like Panther Burns or like, like some Memphis, uh, like the underground of the underground of the underground, you know? And some of that music is very avant-garde and, you know, hard to digest, frankly, if, you know, if, I don't, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. It was, uh, it's an acquired taste, you know, it's like advanced stuff and not just musically like culturally and stuff you know it's like understanding the context 
of where that was coming from was completely alien to me as a kid. So I gravitated towards like pop music, man. I liked, you know, uh, like during the grunge era, I loved, uh, I mean, man, Nirvana, Oasis. I love British rock. I really, really liked Oasis during the 90s and that kind of stuff, you know, uh, which led me to like spiritualized and uh, sort of more the experimental acid rock. And, um, uh, but also like during, I mean, man, when you look at that time that we grew up in, there was such a just explosion of talent. I mean, you think about it, like Soundgarden, Nirvana, uh, uh, Mudhoney, um, of course, Pearl Jam. It's just crazy when you think about that little pocket, right? But then you've got MTV. So you've got, you know, uh, you, you, you've got all, it was just like, man, I just feel like we grew up in, it was almost like a renaissance of like this, uh, of like, counter not not counterculture but it was just like it was kids man you know what i mean like our generation really had a voice you know and like something to say um and uh, like and just the the smash in the face of 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 uh grunge to like 80s uh hair metal was hilarious like you look back on that culturally i mean like what a killer palate cleanser you know what i mean like what a what what a remarkable thing to happen all through word of mouth you know, flyers, like, you know, getting your flyers on the, you know, going through and like going to other people's gig and giving out your tape or like whatever, however it happened, these scenes, these pockets like exploded, you know, and all that was super influential to me. But before that in the eighties, like I love the heavy metal, man. I love like, oh, like right now I'm in, um, basically like Lake Tahoe, right? Area. And that's where the great David Coverdale lives, man. Come on. He's probably like right <laughs> yeah. down the street. Like I loved White Snake, you know? Yeah. Uh, like that kind of stuff. Like really slick, well-produced, uh, like heavy metal, right? Like uh, really liked White Snake. Like I love this fast guitar playing um, and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, Motley Crue before that. So, so like when we were kids, like my brother would be listening to like Black Flag and the descendants and like, you know, uh, the sub, like the, the, the whole sub pop thing and like the whole, like the DC straight edge. Like, I mean, he was really into punk rock and I was listening to, you know, Michael Jackson or, or you know, like whatever, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just sort of, uh, I, I liked slick music, you know, I don't know if that's the right word. I liked, I like produce. No, well, you like, you like the, you like the, the, the the top 40 or whatever yeah. was on the radio the, yeah the yeah yeah stuff. yeah yeah exactly and um so when we eventually like when the day came for us to sort of join forces musically that's kind of what i brought to the table was sort of like a, a almost like a modern sensibility like for example shake them on down uh which is kind of one of our key songs like it definitely got us off got us in the races and you know helped uh helped help get us off the ground uh, as a band i'm playing a 311 beat <laughs> that's chad sexton man i mean i could probably find the exact song it's probably off of uh grassroots their second record that i stole that beat from you know and but i put it on top of fred mcdowell which is what my brother was bringing he was you know he's bringing some mississippi fred mcdowell uh a very very like authentic blues slide guitar and i'm like here let me play you know uh you know like uh, <laughs> uh you know some rage against the machine on top of it or whatever you <laughs> yeah. know like that that was part of our that was part of our formula yeah 
So how did, you know, you're saying that these are the, basically these two worlds are colliding with North Mississippi also. Yeah. How, like, was that a conscious thing of like, we're going to play hill country music or we're going to play these, the, we're going to be a blues band, but we're going to be. Right. Like, w was it a natural thing? You just started playing together and that's what came out? Or was it like, this yes. is what we're going to go for? That was it. Okay. It was totally natural. Yeah, that's it, man. It was like, I mean, I, we. I don't think we could have even planned it if we tried, you know, like we weren't that clever. Like even when we started to break, like we didn't know, I mean, to this day, I still don't really fully understand what people like about our band. And especially in the moment when it's happening, when you're a young artist, like you don't know why, why people are gravitating towards your music. You're just doing it, you know? And I mean, during that time, like when we made our first North Mississippi All-Stars album, uh, which became Shake Hands With Shorty, uh, we were gigging, man. We were just like, we were out playing gigs and like just trying to make a living and, you know, like living in a trailer back behind our parents' place in the, you know, in a field in Mississippi, man. And like, I remember, but we started to sell stuff out. Like we were going, I was playing Vicksburg, Mississippi outside of Jackson. And this dude, Dale, man, a, a friend of Dale, like if you're hearing this, I love you, man. Dale came up to me. He's like, so when are you going to do a CD? You talking about the All-Stars. I was like, we hadn't even thought about it. Like, it wasn't even on our radar, dude. So we went in to make that music, and that was just, like, in Shake Em On Down, you can hear a drum sample. Like, I, I drop a I drop a one-hit a, a one sample. It's like, boom, boom, ba, boom, boom. This crazy kind of outside textural drum sound comes in, and that's from a frat house. And, like, some frat gig we had played the night before, I want to say it was maybe Ole Miss or, or, or University of Alabama or something, but we were doing like a SEC sort of circuit and, and kind of just, you know, working and just trying to, to, trying to, to make money. And, uh, but that, so what I'm saying is that that was just like dropping samples and like, and that, that, that loop, even that loop, the drum loop that you hear on Shake Em On Down is a one-shot sample. Like, it was, a, it was a drum machine. Like, we didn't even have Pro Tools, man. This was before all that. We were just, I was like pressing a button to a click track. It was like so, so homemade, you know. Um, so, man, it was just, it was, just a, it was a, a natural evolution of, of like what we were doing and like what we were around, you know. It was a very special time. It, it was, we were part... I mean, talk about standing on the shoulders of giants. Like we were just a part of something much bigger that was happening all around us, you know? Yeah. yeah. You guys were so, you know, you said like you were jamming literally with Junior Kimbrough. You, you, R.L. Burnside, you played a ton of his, his music, recorded a ton of it. You did the, the Hill Country Review album. He's on that playing live with you guys. So my question yeah. is, how did you guys feel about when the Black Keys put out their their album a couple years ago or did you have any thoughts about them putting out an rl burnside album and i know they did the junior kimbrough album earlier what were your feelings about you know did you feel like that it was a good thing or were you just like oh man that's kind of like our thing why are they taking it you know kind of taking it away or was it just like let's celebrate this kind of music so that goes man that perfectly uh ties in with what i was saying is that like 
we were just making the music that we made. And like, if you go and listen to the All Stars album albums, like our, our whole catalog, it's all over the place, man. Like we start with Hill Country Blues, but we get into folk and we oh, get yeah. into, I do some of my Brit rock and like, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a smorgasbord. I mean, it's like a mess. Like, honestly, it's like conceptually, we didn't know that it was the rawness of the Hill Country Blues that people love so much. And like bands like the Black Keys uh, and say the White Stripes and like, like they, they came in and they were doing the same thing and doing it really well and having a lot of success with it. So I'm super happy for them, man. And it's not like, I, I don't feel slighted or, or, or like, and, and if they did like hear us or see us and, and that inspired them to do it as well, that's great, man. Like I, I, that makes me happy. Like it makes me proud. You know, I don't feel like, I don't think they took our place or, or took anything that, that was ours, so to speak. Like it was just uh like if anything, I stole it from somebody else. You know what I mean? It's like it's like <laughs> yeah. it take, it, as as R.L. Burnside would say, it takes a crook to know a crook. <laughs> um, so, how's Chris Chu doing? Because I know he left the band because of health issues. Yes, yeah, it was man. That was that was a sad period of time. It's uh, I love Chris so much. I miss playing with him, man. It was like you know that chemistry that that the chemistry of a band is really what makes it pop, you know, and the three of us is, is, is that, that, that was the core lineup. That's, that's what we were doing when it took off. And, and that still to this day, there's something special that happens when we play together, you know, but man, it was a combination of things. It was, his health was bad, but he had already kind of started driving tour buses full time at that point. Mm. And, um, it was more of a, it was, it had to do with, he wanted to work all the time. Like Chris is a, Chris is a very, uh, he's just a business oriented person, you know, and he, he, he likes to work, uh, which I respect a lot, but it's like, if we weren't on the road, uh, he, he basically wanted to be working like full time. And that can be hard for a band because you need to take little breathers here and there. So we would take breaks and he would, he would, uh, drive tour buses. And, um, which is funny because it's like, it reached the point where we were, he was driving our tour bus and he became as much the driver as he was a musician, if not both, you know, and now he drives full time and I think he loves it. You know, I talk to him from, you know, now, now and again, but we ask him to play, uh, but normally he's too busy. Like he, he has stuff he's doing and, um, you know, and, and he makes great money. I mean, he drives for like, I, you know, like Dead & Company or oh, wow. Justin Bieber. It's like the biggest tours is what he's doing. So we're kind of small, you yeah, know. Small potatoes. Small time. <laughs> small potatoes yeah. for Chris Chu at this point, yeah. you know. So so it's just, man, life goes on. You know how it is, man. We had a great run. Um, I, I wish it had lasted longer. Um, the band has definitely not been the same without him. Uh, but that being said, playing with Joey Williams, like what we're doing now is as close to, if not as good, or, or I mean, it's different. It's like as close to what we were doing then as it ever has been, if not more so because Joey, you know, Joey has the gospel. He comes from the blind boys of Alabama. And so, uh, you know, he has the, uh, the gospel roots and sensibility um, that so that's that's our secret juice, man, is basically Hill Country Blues, gospel infused bass energy and modern hip-hop drums and there you have the all-stars
Uh, last question. I, I always ask every guest at the end of uh, each show, what are you listening to lately? What are, who are three artists, three albums that you've been listening to that you want to you know have listeners check out? Okay, so I want to make sure I say this right. There is this French band called Slilt. It's not Slift, is it? Yo, Slift. Slift. L-I... I'm sorry. S-L-I-F-T. Yeah. There's this... It's a stoner rock trio from yeah. France. They did this, you know, live on uh, K-E-X-P. It's a great, uh, like, online series yeah, yeah. right here. This band. Killer, yeah. man. Like, I just found them, but I absolutely love it. to 1975. And this is a perfect answer, man, because it's like, it's the British rock that I like. Uh, and I just feel like, you know, they kind of started as more of like, say, kind of a, a pop band or whatever, but they've just, they got a great drummer, uh, a killer producer uh, in his own right. Uh, um, and the singer, man, he's, uh, he, he's just, I just think that after it's that 10,000 hours thing, man, it's like after, after you've done it for long enough, like, you know, they've been on the road for 10 years, whatever. They just have kind of reached a new echelon. I just feel like they're kind of entering into that stage where they're like, great. You know, it's like, you can be good, but it's like that singer is really something special. And I just feel like that they, uh, I just think they're killer, man. But that, that leads me back to this whole huge 80s kick I've been on, which is like Huey Lewis. And man, I go back and watch some of that live footage of Huey Lewis when they were at their peak. Just killer, man. You know what I mean? So I'm super nostalgic about the 80s, you know. But yeah, I would say um, I would say the 1975 and um, let me say let me say this band again. Y'all gotta go check it out. Yes, the killer, killer, man. I'm always inspired by music, man. It's like I'm, I can, there's always new stuff. Uh, there's this artist named Caroline Polachek. Uh, she's super, like it's kind of artsy pop, you know. I'm just always blown away that like, there's just, I feel like now we're currently in a renaissance too of sort of an explosion of just incredible talent. Like, like I really, I feel like we're going to look back at this time with the, with the internet and I'm mean, not just the internet, but like with social media and like Instagram and like this, I just feel like there's such a focus on artistry now and 
people have the facility to get their music out. And it's like, if you want to make a record, you can do it on your iPhone. Dude, I've been, I've been producing, to talk about taking to the river just a little bit, I've been working with Bo Dallas, Big Chief Bo Dallas from the Wild Magnolias, and he's this absolute superstar. I'm, I'm working with him right now, writing songs for an album that's being recorded. It's, it's so far in the future. But, um, but uh, he and I uh, wrote three songs with voice memos on iPhone. You know, like, they'll say, like, what you can do with this thing is incredible. Man, and it's like I can make albums on this like all day long. Like I'm, I'm literally constructing new compositions all the time, like on my phone. So I just feel like we're just in this new age of uh, 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 creativity. It's very inspiring. Yeah. Well, Cody, thank you so much for being on the show. This was an yeah. absolute pleasure for me to talk to you. I wish we had more time to to dive deeper into a lot more stuff. Hey, man. Um, and uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Josh. I can't wait to see the episode. Thanks for listening to this episode, and special thanks again to Cody Dickinson for coming on to the show. You can find all of Cody's music, whether with North Mississippi All-Stars, The Word, Hill Country Review, or his solo work, on all major streaming services. We'll also include a link to the YouTube video for his latest release all night long in the episode description. You can follow Cody on social media, on Instagram at Cody Dickinson, and on Facebook by just searching up Cody Dickinson. You can also find North Mississippi All-Stars and The Word on both Instagram and Facebook. And you can always go to nmallstars.com to find out more about the North Mississippi All-Stars and their upcoming tour dates. If you want to know more information about the film series Take Me to the River, which Cody co-created, you can go to takemetotheriver.org. The films are streaming on various platforms, though some do have ads, but I highly recommend you watch them anyway especially if you're into music from Memphis and New Orleans. I'm really disappointed we did not get a chance to talk about these films because not only do they have some great music, but they are really educational and informative about the history of the music scenes in those two cities. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would really love for you to subscribe to the show and would appreciate it if you left an honest review or, you know, just tell a friend or two about the show. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram, Threads, and the app formerly known as Twitter at Dad Rocks Pod, as well as on Facebook by just searching up Dad Rocks Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or any show ideas for us, or just want to give us a shout, you can email us at dadrockspod at gmail.com. If you want to check out the music you've heard on this episode in full, there will be a playlist which should be linked in the podcast description. Once again, thanks for listening today. And remember, dads, you rock.